You're listening to Journals of the Willing from the Tumbling Saber team, a part of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com, on Facebook, iTunes, and Twitter, and take your first step into a larger world. Welcome back. It's Journals of the Willing Time. It's time to talk about some Star Wars comics. I'm Kyle. And I'm Steve. Hey, Steve. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? I'm all right. Everything is better on Powerful Friends Friday. Yes. Well, and also springtime is is just around the corner, right? Oh, yep. From your lips to the universe's ears. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I was telling you earlier, like, I'm just, we've had two nor'easters here in the, um northeast and i'm just ready for that to go <laughs> i'm ready for all this stuff to get out of here now and yeah let's uh, let's let's look forward to han solo which is really coming in hot now it's really it's not that far off no um is may 20 something right you know what i don't even know i don't even like, know i feel like i should thing. have I that know it's like uh it's like <laughs> 74 days away or 75 days away at this point ah it's so close i know they moved Avengers Infinity War up a week. I was like, ah, couldn't you have done that for Han Solo? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We don't need to make the gap between Han Solo and Episode Nine any bigger. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's going to be a torturous wait. Yeah, May 25th. Just checked. Well, there you go. So that's two months and change. But what a time to be alive, Steve. I mean... We just got the news today of John Favreau officially stepping into Star Wars. Ah, uh, it's, it's. I think it's such a cool choice. I am so excited. <laughs> I, was, I, I was. Uh, yeah. And I was telling Dan like, now we obviously have to get that new Disney streaming service when it's ready. Yeah, like there's no question. I mean, once they knew, once I knew that they were doing this, ah, uh, oh, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're putting proprietary Star Wars exclusive content. I'm going to have to get this. And, you know, to say nothing of the fact that I have a couple of kids who watch Disney day and night. So it just makes all kinds of sense. And now with John Favreau, my guy, this is the guy I talked about to him in episode, uh, once one or yeah, one sixteen. as we, we got asked by our friend, the metal Mando, um, who, who would you like a big name director to take on the reins of something on the, on the small screen? And I, I threw it John Favreau. Like, he's my guy. The Russo brothers and John Favreau. I, well, I, I just, I love what John Favreau does. And, you know, to see him pop up here, you know, granted, not as a director, but as an executive producer and writer, I'll take it, man. <laughs> I mean, you put it out there. Maybe you made it happen unknowingly. You affected uh, the force. <laughs> I'll take the credit. Although, realistically, that deal was probably done by the time I said that. But uh, uh, I, I will still happily take credit if people want to give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the execs were listening. That Wouldn't that be something? That would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> A little too crazy, I think. All right, so what are we here to discuss this week? Um, we are here to discuss what we're doing, the Han Solo news, right? Yeah, let's yeah let's start let's start there. There's a whole whack of stuff coming from Han Solo, speak of the devil. Uh, this this news is a couple weeks old now, but I, you know we haven't talked about it since it was actually released. So uh, some books dropping, and a whole lot of other stuff. But we'll let's quickly pick through this list here, and it starts off with the young adult novel by Daniel Jose Oler, called Last Shot, a Han and Lando novel. Which is almost strikes me like almost like an anthology type story that flips from Han to Lando and it spans a bunch of decades. That is going to be so cool. Yeah, and I love that they have alternative covers for it. I don't know if I've seen that for a for a novel. I mean, obviously we're all familiar with um, alternate covers for comics, but I haven't seen it for a book, like in the same shot. 
Yeah, I don't. I've not seen that either. But I think these are reversible. It's a reversible cover, if I'm not mistaken. Is that what it is? Yeah, I don't think you'd have to like. If, oh, gee, I like them both. So oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna buy the Lando one. I think you can actually flip them from one side to the other, depending on your taste that day. Uh, that'll um. Now, as a book collector, uh, that makes me uh, nervous that, that that would probably damage the um. The binding a little bit, or the um, the fold <laughs> on the on the slip cover. If you keep flipping it, you know, is it on the other side, or do you just is the back upside down, and you just have to move it to the front? How does? Um, well, you know I'm, what? I'm you, you want to hear an interesting story? This is a. I'll try and make this a really quick tangent. So today, I took my daughter to a friend's house for a play date, and her dad is a huge comic book collector, like serious big time collector. And so he's like, you want, you want to come in for coffee? I said, no, I don't drink coffee. Do you want to come in and see the, the room in the basement? Yes. <laughs> so I went in, and it was like walking into a museum. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I had seen pictures of his collection before, but to see it in your face was mind-blowing. This guy has thousands of comics from the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. Like, everything that you would want to see... In a, in a comic book museum was there in his basement. That's awesome. Yeah, like... Event- did you get to... Did you get a peek at, like, what he had in there? Oh, yeah. Like, he... So what he does is he buy... He, he's got them all framed and hanging on a, on a wall. And we're talking, like, Avengers 1. That kind of stuff. Nice. Just stuff that you only kind of see in... Like, on the internet or, you know... This comic book sold at auction for blah, blah, blah. And you're like, wow. Like old action comics from the 40s. Detective comics from the 40s. Like things that you just kind of hear about and see, but never really get to look at in person. That's so cool. Old, like original Daredevil stuff. Amazing Fantasy 15. All the stuff is there. And I'm getting a chance to hold all this stuff today. Was there like... A favorite that you saw was just something that was like, oh man, like I wish I had this. Um, I for some reason I really like. There's two covers from those old like golden age comic books that I really love, and it it's Fantastic Four number one. And the other one is I can't remember which issue issue of Justice League, but the one with Starro, like that big octopus with the eyeball in the middle. Right. Right. I saw the. I got to hold those two. Those two issues today. Oh, that's I, awesome. I've always loved those, but it's and his big deal is Batman. He's the, he's a huge Batman collector. He's got statues and busts of Batman all left, right, and center, but a, an entire wall dedicated to important issues of Batman. So he's got like first appearance of Ra's al Ghul, first appearance of this villain and that villain, and it's 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 it was mind blowing. It was absolutely crazy stuff. But anyway, I just wanted to get that out there. Since since this is a comic book show, I, I just wanted to put that down that uh, I did get to see some stuff today that I, I might not ever get to see again unless I go back to his house. Uh, nice. Oh, man. Well, my comic book story is like a 180 from yours. I, I had a um, def, I had a seriously uh, d- kind of cut down on my pull list, unfortunately. I was like, ugh. So kind of the uh, the polar opposite end of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he how he does it, man. It's just, uh, and I saw maybe thirty long boxes of comics, like up on racks and shelves, and he's like, all this stuff, like I could just like flip out, I can just reach into that box and pull out more issues and put them in frames and put them on the wall, and put those ones away. And he's like, the worst part is, he's like, oh, but all my best comics. Or in a safety deposit box. It's like, what? <laughs> what aren't you showing me? And it's basically, you know, uh, tales of ta- uh, tales of suspense. Where, like the first appearance of like Thor and all this stuff. Like things are just worth crazy amounts of money. And he's got them like like high grade issues, CGC in slab. He doesn't keep those at home. Oh yeah just can't do it it's 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 too dangerous theft or you know a flood in the basement or a fire just can't have that stuff lying around the house so it's off to a safety deposit box he's like i'll just it's just gonna stay there i'll never sell it when i die my daughter gets it and she can decide what she wants to do with it 
I'm gonna say on, on like a, a road show or some or a convention, those those got to be worth a ton. Oh yeah. And oddly enough, he was talking. We were we were talking comics, and he's like, "So, like, tell me about your collection." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Like, I have like one long box and three short boxes, and I try just to keep it that way because I I don't read a terrible amount of stuff unless it says Star Wars on the cover." He's like, right, "Well, right." Yeah, well, you know, throw it, throw it in the back of your car one day. Come over, and I'll go through it, and I'll see. I'll tell you what what you have that's worth a lot, and stuff that you should send off to CGC to get slabbed. And he's like, "If you have stuff from the '70s and '80s, which I do, it's like for sure you 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 have books that will be worth a lot of money, in not very much time from now." Okay, right, so we'll right. we'll do that. But yeah, just just what a time that was. Ah, so cool. You know what? I was. It must be must have been easier i think at the time to collect because the whole reason why i had to kind of you know cut down on my pull list was like well you know well one marvel's doing another reboot i don't think there were as many reboots back in the day (laughs) nope um so you can kind of just keep reading and that was it um and now i feel like all those x-men comics that i uh invested in not you know now i'm like i don't know where the story's gonna go now well that's the Um, thing right they keep rebooting it and saying this is it this is the reboot. We got. We now we have the best writers, the best artists. We're gonna tell the best stories, and you know, away we go. And then two years later, we're rebooting again. We've got the best writers. We've got the best artists. We're gonna tell the best stories. This time it's for real. Uh, it's like Whiplash. I just I can't keep up. I can't. Yeah, they've they've lost me. Marvel is. I'm not pulling any Marvel right now except for Star Wars comics. And I'm pulling one DC title. Like, I'm just... It's it's too frustrating. So I, I know. I'll, I'll wait. I don't know. I keep asking, uh, you know, people here and there, and I, I'm going to keep bugging Tim and Troy over at the Nerd Room and say, guys, is this for real? Like, am I going to be... Are we going to be talking about a reboot again in two years' time just because? Right, anyway. Right. Uh... So uh, back, to, back to Han Solo. Um... The Last Shot book, really quickly here from StarWars.com, Last Shot takes place in three time periods when Lando owned the Falcon, shortly after Han takes ownership of the Falcon, and not long after the Battle of Endor. And only secrets from all three time periods will help our heroes put a stop to a new threat in the galaxy. Pretty interesting stuff, right? I mean, I think it's cool that they're going to string along kind of a central mystery throughout these main uh time points i think it's a cool concept for the book now do you read that as a new threat post jedi um long after the battle of endor yeah i mean it seems that something would be brewing kind of pre-new hope and then would lead to some threat yeah post jedi that's really interesting to me because we just had our finale of rebels this week and maybe I mean nothing really specific came out of that that would that would speak to this new threat, but one can imagine certain threads that they left could actually tie into that somehow. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, it would it be Thrawn? I don't know. Is that where you were kind of thinking? Maybe I'll stay vague for those who haven't listened to uh. who haven't caught Rebels yet. Spoil alert. I'm not, I'm Sorry, not even guys. supposed to see Rebels yet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can you can bleep that out in post. <laughs> uh, I, I won't. <laughs> you know, I, I've been like I've gotten a couple letters in the past from my internet service provider saying we saw that you downloaded blah blah blah. Don't do that. This time, if they say we saw you downloaded this this cartoon that didn't wasn't supposed to air, I'm I'm actually going to call them and say go bleep yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> wait what? so you've actually gotten warnings before oh yeah i have don't they only do it if you download like gigabytes upon gigabytes of stuff how how, how heavy on the torrenting were you going not not even I, I it was one it was one movie i think it was and it ended up being like an unwatchable copy i think it was batman versus superman or something i can't right, remember right. what it was but it's something i hadn't seen oh geez I'm, i can't remember now but I, I downloaded one movie, and I, a week later, my wife's like, did you do this? And I was like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> so they are watching. Busted. So they clearly know. If they, if they really want to get nitpicky, they can actually come and 
bang on my door and say, you downloaded Rebels, you jerk. <laughs> and I will, I will actually say, if you have a problem, you can cut my wire right now. I'll switch service providers. I don't, like, you guys are idiots for, for holding us back. So go bleep yourselves. And, it's, and it, in, my, in my mind, I, I rationalize it this way. I still kept Disney XD. So if I had if I had dropped Disney XD and taken away those dollars and still like downloaded the content, eh, then maybe you know what maybe you have more of a case. But in my mind, I'm I'm you know what, go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm very I'm very salty about this whole thing with Rebels and our friends in the UK are they're way behind and it's just there's just no reason for it. Wait, how behind are they? Uh, they're they're behind Canada, that's for sure. Huh? Like they're they're way way back. <laughs> Were they like just start season four? Uh, I think I don't want I don't want to say for sure, but I think the back half of season four is maybe just underway. Uh. So they could be a two or three weeks behind. Somebody somebody listening will hopefully clear that up for us. But it's that's it's a, it's I mean, a shame. Yeah, it's an absolute shame because while everybody in the U.S. And some of us in Canada are like rejoicing over rebels. It's like you're forcing people to to stay away or like mute hashtags or or just plain old get spoiled. It's not cool. Yeah, I mean that's a bummer. I mean Star Wars is one of those things where it's like you just you don't want it to be spoiled. Um and you want to celebrate with fandom globally, right? Absolutely. It's just such so such nonsense. I, 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 there's no reason in my mind anyway. I'm no lawyer no business person on the, on that level but there's no reason why you, they can't have that all lined up well in advance i mean that wasn't even always the case right i mean there were t- previous seasons like at least between canada and the us we were pretty um in sync yeah oh this is the only i oh jeez i don't want to say this is the only part but for the most part the entire rebels run we were in sync with you guys in the us right right and certainly for seasons three and four, we were up until these last, you know, this back half of season four. That's like the worst time too. the, <laughs> to the like worst over. <laughs> the like, worst time. Like leading up to the finale. Sure. There you go. Anyway. Uh, so are you, are you going to be picking up uh, last shot? Absolutely. I mean, whether or not I read it right away, that's to be determined, but I will be picking it up. Yeah, I'm going to get this too. I think this this is one that we're going to have to talk about here at some point. Yeah. I mean, what's well, speaking of novelizations is... that we have yeah. to talk about, like I I know we talked an awful lot of, about the last Jedi novelization and some sneaky reveals embedded in that book, but we might touch back on that again in this show. We'll see. My my copy, I have the audiobook and the the print version is in the mail. So I'm very much looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah, and they held on to that one a lot longer than they did um, the Force Awakens novel. Sure, months. Yeah. All right. So next up with with Han, we have last. Uh, sorry, not last shot. We have Most Wanted by Ray Carson. Quick synopsis: There is Han and Kira don't have a lot in common, other than not having a lot. They're street kids on the industrial planet of Corellia doing whatever it takes to get by, dreaming of something more. They each jump at a chance to prove themselves in, a, in the perilous world of Corellia's criminal underbelly, only to discover they are on the same mission for the same unscrupulous boss. When the job goes disastrously wrong, Han and Kira are on the run from pirates, a droid crime syndicate, the Empire, and their boss, and will have to learn to trust each other if they have any chance of surviving. What do you what do you make of this one, Steve? You, does that sound like something you're interested in? It's interesting. I mean, so we're obviously not going to see the beginning of whatever relationship they have in the movie, right? Because if you look at the cover, it says "read this and then go see Solo." So I'm wondering. It seems like it's a bit of a, like a catalyst Rogue One situation. I don't know how much. You know, it'll depend. Like you know, we've because we talked about it. Like with with catalyst, it like really enhanced the story. So I'm and for some like you know some people felt like they missed out on Jin's family. Um, with this one, I'm wondering how heavily are they going to rely on this book to develop their relationship? 
Well, again, it's one of those things where it's it's got to be something that just enhances the experience, the cinematic experience, rather than define it. So I, I feel right. like, sure, like we'll read it and it will do similar things for us as readers that Catalyst did. But if you don't read it, it should not, I hope anyway, for, for people who just go see the movie, like I hope it doesn't, you know, detract from their experience. Right, right. I, I couldn't remember the consensus. I know we asked people if they felt like they missed out on like, you know, clarity on Galen and uh, Lyra. I don't know, but it'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm more on the fence about this one. But uh, we'll see. I'll see what the early reviews say, because I think I was also on the fence about Lost Stars. And I ended up picking up that one, and it's it's you know it's in my top three, of the new canon stuff. So yeah, I'm I mean, definitely... I my feet on Lost Stars. <laughs> yeah, and then I loved it. It once was I, incredible. Once I cracked it open. Oh, it was really really good. So I I, I wonder if this book. So in the trailer we see Han and Kira, in Han's little, you know, tricked out speeder. I wonder if that if the end of this book could be the lead-in to the start of the Han Solo movie. I wonder if, like, one could just jump right into the other. It seems pretty um, close to that timeline. I mean, it has the actors on it, same kind of look. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can easily envision th- that, you know, those early sequences in the trailer of Han driving that getaway speeder being the end of this most wanted book where they, they get away and that's yay. They got away in this book and it's the book's over. And then you jump into the the movie and they're being chased. That would be really cool. So I wonder if it's, if it, if it'll tie in that, that closely. All right. And then coming up next is Lando double or nothing. <laughs> and I love the cover, this comic book. This is a, uh, Obviously from Marvel, five-issue miniseries by Rodney Barnes and Paolo Villanelli. But I love the look of Donald Glover as Lando on the front cover. I don't think I'll ever I mean, get yeah. sick of Donald Glover as, as Lando. I mean, just based on like the trailer alone, like that that was probably the one of the like one of the things that got me excited the most. I feel like they really nailed young Lando with him. Yep. Again, this is like one of the first like fan castings that came true. Like th- it had to be Donald Glover to, to do this, and he just he's been all over it. And it's we we're expecting him to steal the show, which often can lead to disappointment. But I, I think he's just he's going to run away with this movie. Hundred percent. So the the quick synopsis for that: when a beautiful crime lord commissions the galaxy's most talented smuggler to help her free people enslaved by the Empire, Landel Calrissian must wager it all on an impossible mission fraught with danger. Set just prior to the events of Solo, a Star Wars story, our charming scoundrel must face Imperial forces with the help help of his ship, the Millennium Falcon, in a deadly race against time. But even with the deck stacked against him, Lando can't help playing the odds. I'm in. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Lando miniseries from earlier was phenomenal. So it's not the same writer. um, But, you know, with the track record, I, 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 you know, I'm excited. Well, I I just I just went out like maybe two weeks ago and picked up the trade paperback of the first Lando series just because hey, Lando's jumping back into the four here. And I've heard nothing but great things about that first Lando series. So I expect nothing else from this one either. So this will be added to my pull list. Actually, it is on my pull list. <laughs> what am I saying? This is already <laughs> on my pull list. So I'm looking forward to that. And we also got a slew of kids books, adaptations, and small side stories. Many of which I'm sure I'll pick up with for my kids. Because I'm just that kind of dad. If we're going to read together, it's going to be Star Wars, kids. Buckle up. <laughs> uh, but also the, the book I always buy, the art of movie, uh, books for these Star Wars movies. I usually buy them. I'm not 100% sure I'll be doing it for Solo. I don't know. I have um, I have them for the episodes 7 and 8. I can't remember if I got it for Rogue One. 
Um, if I did, then I'm just going to feel obligated to get it for solo. Uh, yeah, you're but, right. I do have it for Rogue One, so I'll pro- <laughs> I'm probably going to get it. Right. I mean, that's kind of like the prerequisite. I'm like, uh, did I do it for all of them? Okay. Yeah, that's true. All right, I'm done. I'm probably going to buy I mean, it. You could always wait till the price drops a little, you know, to make yourself feel a little better. That's true, because I always order those Art of books almost like the day they come out. Which maybe I should just ease up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you always, if you get a coupon out, do you guys have Barnes & Noble up there? No, but I I order ah. from, from Amazon usually. Right, right, right. We have another a, a big book chain here called Chapters. Sometimes oh, they have oh, crazy yeah. sales, and I have no problem betraying Amazon. <laughs> I was say, wait till you get a coupon or, or a deal, and then there you go. Yeah. Uh, the, the official guide... You gonna be picking that up? The solo Star Wars, Star, my goodness, the so, solo Star Wars story official guide by Pablo Hidalgo. These I usually don't get. I think I have it for Force Awakens, but none of the other ones. I usually just wait till someone like summarizes all like the most important tidbits, and then I'll just like read the article. <laughs> yeah, which is unfortunate for the author, right? Like I, I kind of do the same thing. Like I have here they call it the official guide, but I think usually that goes by. Like the visual guide, mm-hmm. or the visual dictionary, or something like that. But I, 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 oh, I yeah. often feel bad for the author that wrote the book, and then within you know, two days after it's been out, all the coolest stuff is already on Instagram or Twitter or Reddit. It's everywhere. You can you can read the whole book without actually having to buy it. Right, right. It it does stink. What you tr- you're trying to guilt me now? <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I'll get it. <laughs> spend, spend, spend. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I might get this. I might not. We'll see. And then the rest of the stuff is like a lot of arts and crafts books. And again, a lot of stuff for kids here. Surprise, surprise. It's almost like they uh, they prey on children. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to put it so <laughs> gross. But <laughs> oh, man. All right. So that's that for the for the solo of it all. I don't know that there's been any other real comic book news in the Star Wars side of things. So let's uh let's uh just jump right on into our discussion of Darth Vader 11 and 12. Do it. Which is of course sticking with Charles Sewell and Giuseppe Camincoli doing some awesome work. I mean this we've we've talked about I think each of the 10 issues prior. And they've almost each and every one of them have been absolute home runs. I mean, there hasn't I, I, there hasn't been a single lull, in my opinion. <laughs> no, I mean some issues have slowed down just to let us breathe and build up build up the the narrative again. But yeah, they've it's, it's, this is still maybe the ten best consecutive issues I've read at maybe ever in, in my life. I think maybe the the only thing that keeps up with this for me is uh, Scott Scott Snyder's New Fifty Two Batman run, which was just out of this world. Yeah, yeah, that's actually one I did catch one in one of the reboots of the <laughs> many comics. Yeah, I did catch that New Fifty Two is what, what brought me back into comics, and yeah, Scott Snyder. I he's the only guy I stuck with all fifty two issues of his run. Everybody, every other book I was in, I kind of bailed out at a certain point, but I stuck with Batman all the way through. All right, so Darth Vader 11. So this, uh, I guess this this follows on the heels of a five-part arc that's, uh, that saw the end of poor old Jocasta New. That poor old librarian right. from Attack of the Clones, right? That's it for her. She's out. So we pick up, uh, we pick up with Vader and the Ninth Sister, one of the many Inquisitors that we've not really seen much of. And it finds them in the colonies, colonies region, which is kind of a, a sector of space just outside the, uh, the galactic core, and they're on their, on their horse, kind of hunting down Jedi. Right? There's still reports of straggler Jedi's or Force users out there, and apparently a lightsaber lightsaber was spotted at a bar fight, in this bar, and so Vader and this yeah. Inquisitor are out there to check it out. What I what I thought was. Um... Interesting, a small little detail, but um, the ninth sister was talking about how, like, at this point now, 
you know, it, it speaks to kind of the propaganda of the empire. Um, now everyone is calling in. I mean, there's like false alarms and it, it's kind of created like this um, witch hunt kind of frenzy for the like remaining Jedi. Yeah. Like everybody's just sort of paranoid because the Jedi, you know, from, from us in the God seat, the Jedi are just, they're the, they're the best people who have ever lived. But to a lot of the people in the empire, they believe what the emperor says about the Jedi's being traitors. So yeah, they're, they're probably really eager to turn them in. Right. Yeah. So the ninth sister, interestingly enough, um, her, she has a, a special power. We've, we've talked about this not long, long ago on the main show that, uh, every force user kind of has their own little niche. Like, yeah. like able, Leia is able to force, uh, sense the, the emotions of others. And so can this ninth sister, like her, her big thing is being able to read people in that way. And she, with Vader, she just looks at him and all she can sense is like this anger and hate and like violence and self self-loathing. It's like she's kind of painting the, the psyche of where Anakin is for us. Yeah. It's quite interesting. You don't really pair. You, you don't think to pair an empath with the dark side. Right. Um, no. Yeah. I think it's just, it's a very interesting combination. Well, yeah, because these these Inquisitors were all former Jedi, right? Yeah. So it's like they've just sort of adapted their their Jedi abilities into this in, onto this dark path, which is which is quite interesting. It's sort of like turning the tables on the Jedi, using their own abilities against them, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then we we learn pretty quickly into this bar fight that Vader's been set up, right? So. The, Somebody in that bar tries to snatch Vader's lightsaber or Infala's lightsaber using a tractor rifle, which I'd never seen before. Which is, I guess, that's, that, that, that's something new. Yeah. I, I like it. I'd like to have one of those. <laughs> anyway, it, it doesn't quite work out. We see an, another instance of um, a, a tug of war for a lightsaber, which leads to Infala's lightsaber shattering and the, the crystal just dropping to the ground. Uh, there's a bit of a skirmish in the bar. Vader grabs the crystal and gets the hell out of Dodge. But, you know, he's he's actually... He'd radioed out to the Ninth Sister for backup. Say, bring me your lightsaber. And she's just like, eh, can't hear you. Yeah, she ignored it. <laughs> that was interesting. Because I, I, it's... I mean, you can tell. I mean, this is kind of jumping forward a little bit in the story. But no one really trusts Vader at this point. Yeah. E- even within the Empire. You know, no one really understands who he is why he's there so it kind of makes sense that the ninth sisters ninth sisters just like eh, whatever he can deal with it but she should fear him because he he did take she out should. her eye she should uh, so maybe that was like a, in, in a sense maybe her little revenge yeah maybe yeah go to hell vader you deal with it i'm, I'm you know because it, it was like an ion pulse right that was supposed to knock out all all electronics yeah the um the bounty hunter daughter toss the uh the ion bomb yeah and so that's that was sort of the ninth sister's fallback excuse saying ah you know what i can't hear you my my <laughs> the, the <laughs> ion bomb fried my fried my comms i'm down i'm out this was the the star wars version of going they're static you're, you're breaking up i can't hear you i'm in a, I'm in a tunnel <laughs> now vader threatens the ninth sister when he when he you know it, it gets out of there he threatens her and says, "You you did this and you 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 set me up. Tell me what's going on." And she's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. It wasn't me, right?" So that, and then he chases down that bounty hunting family. It's it's a father mother daughter combo that were set up or paid or contracted to take out Vader. And again, this it's which sounds stupid because who who goes after Darth Vader? But again, at this point in the galaxy. Nobody knows who he is. Nobody respects his his abilities or his power. He's just a guy in a black suit. So a lot of people see him as maybe an easy mark. But they just yeah. once they get into combat with him, they quickly realize that you know they're overmatched and they need to get out. I loved the speeder chase that followed, though. Wasn't it wasn't it great? Like the way Cam and Coley kind of captured the speed of it all. Yeah. Um, and that that one uh, 
frame of, of Vader kind of scraping the middle railing with his saber. Yeah. Oh, that was just so cool. <laughs> that was, yeah. Like, it really captures uh, the, well, the, the speed. And on the prior page, like, he's just sort of riding that speeder bike with his, with his saber out. And it's just, like, hanging off to the side. Like, oh, man. It just really captures the speed element of this chase. Yeah, and but like with the lightsaber, it almost gives it kind of a um, like a Knights of the Round Table kind of vibe, right? Sure. Like swords out, ready. Yeah, almost like joust. Yeah. So he chases the, the, this poor family down, and he's he's got the daughter sort of <clears throat> at his mercy, and the mother says, "You know what? I'll I'll find out who hired us. Like we don't know. We were just we just took a job." It's not personal. We, we don't know anything about you. We were just paid to take you out. But I can tell you who, who contracted us. Give me a minute to figure this out. And I guess the if, if by now, if you're, if you're reading this going, well, I, what's coming up next? I don't know. I thought this was maybe a little bit predictable. But I thought it was going to go right where it did, which was to say the, the kill, the, the order to, to kill Vader came straight from uh, Palpatine's office, right? So, mm. like, we we know that somebody, like, you could you could assume that maybe the Emperor himself contracted this, but that might be a bit too easy. But somebody with access to pa- Palpatine's office did this, right? So all the way right. at the top, somebody is messing with Vader. Did you think right away it was Palpatine testing him? I expected that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, not that I thought that. It was necessarily Palpatine, but I ex- I fully expected that uh, it was going to somehow involve Palpatine. And of course, we, we get to the end, and it's it, it's a shot of Palpatine sitting in his throne with a smirk on his face. Yeah, I mean, I get I I, I get that it's you know it, it it's predictable, but I mean that's kind of like it's it's that's kind of like the line of where this arc is, right? Like this whole thing is um, the Emperor putting him through these tests and kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of their relationship, right? That dichotomy that, you know, that master, um, and I guess, he, well, he's not a Padawan. What, 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 what do you call the, <laughs> the submissive in the Sith duo? Oh, they just call him my apprentice. That's apprentice. it. Apprentice. Oh, duh. <laughs> oh, it's, it's getting late. I'm losing the <laughs> words. But you're right though. It's, it's sort of, it's something we've we've seen since the very beginning of this novel is is Palpatine's uh, really uh, terrible psychological hold over Vader. Like it's 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 for lack of a better word, it's it's psychological abuse, right? Yeah. Like he's fully got this guy wrapped around his fingers, and Vader n- kind of knows it and hates Palpatine for it already. Like you can see that that part growing. But you really, you can definitely sense the uh, the mistrust between the two. Which was, for, this for me was sort of the big takeaway of this issue, is just the, the, the constant mistrust. Their, their relationship was built on dependency and lies and emotional manipulation. And that is, that's continuing right through here in episode, or in issue 11. What, did you take anything else out of this? Um, let's see. Well, there's that tidbit in the beginning. Um, I don't think much, much bit like anything else story wise, but just the art in general. Um, just continues to be super strong. Yep. Um, you know, and and, and you know, so I'm uh, appreciating it on that level. Um, story wise, though, I, I mean, I like seeing kind of the the evolution of his saber, right? I think I think it's kind of cool to see like kind of how. You know his 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 saber is kind of going through the same evolution that he's going through in 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 the sense that like, you know how he was all beaten up at the beginning and he and he's getting stronger, you know, and he had to kind of mold himself into the machine that he is, you know. We're kind of seeing that on a small scale with his saber as well. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting, right? Because they've every time you see Vader on the cover of of these issues, he's always wielding his classic vader lightsaber except he's not yet had that lightsaber it's been infala's lightsaber well right back at the beginning he, he had uh that dummy green one right 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 and then he defeated infala with i want to say with like that droid the droid's weapon 
I forget that droid's name now. Mm. But then he he did he did get in Fala's lightsaber. He corrupted the crystal, but the hilt was all Jedi like. Now we we when we jump ahead into issue twelve, we 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 get Vader and the ninth sister en route back to Coruscant. Vader's pissed. He's not happy. He wants answers. He thinks right now that Palpatine is gunning for him again. Uh, but on on the way back, he's he's on his ship, and you see him putting together finally the classic lightsaber, the one that we all know know and love with Vader. It's here, yay! Finally, <laughs> interesting that he keeps all those spare parts on his ship to just in case you need to build yourself a, a new lightsaber. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense though that he would be that resourceful, right? I mean, you think back to young Anakin in little Watto's shop, you know, that's, that's just who he was. He was a builder, droid maker, mechanic in a way. So yeah, this is true. He's yeah. He's always prepared for that kind of thing. Yeah. So he's got himself his classic well-known world renowned lightsaber. Finally. Huzzah. Uh, but they're attacked again when they're entering the Coruscant atmosphere. So a second attempt on Vader's life. Uh, so he uses his piloting expertise to save their bacon and now he just brazenly approaches the 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 chancellor, the emperor, and just says, "Did you do this? Are you the guy kill- after me trying to kill me?" Which is pretty bold, right? I mean, he you know he's not afraid of confrontation. He goes right in in any situation. He's not he's not beating around the bush at any point. But he also knows that he he's not nearly as powerful as the emperor, right? Like he thought at some point he could just overthrow him. But it, I think he now realizes that that's maybe not the case. He's not nearly as strong as he believes himself to be, or uh, at least not able to take out the Emperor. Am I reading mm. that right, or do you think Vader thinks he can do it? Um, I mean, I think, I mean, you know, if you're looking at Anakin, right? I mean, he's always, you know, hubris is his thing. Um, I think whether he, you know, he's questioning his power, but I don't think it keeps him from any confrontation at all. Um, I think he, you know, at this point, you know, he's thinking at some point he will be stronger. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, because at the end of Re- Revenge of the Sith, when he's pleading with Padme to go with him, he's, I, I can overthrow him. Like, we can make things the way we want them to be. He was very, really sure of himself at that point. But I think in this issue, he's, or at least not in this issue, but in this run, he's physically felt Palpatine's power. So I don't, and especially now that Palpatine is sort of mentally and emotionally beating him down. I wonder if he still has that confidence in himself that he could take out the emperor if if he really wanted to. Interesting. Yeah. So he asks about that, uh, you know, the, the attempts on his life and the emperor just doesn't seem really bothered at all by this. Right. It's just like, eh, like, why? I have an empire to build. I'm not going to deal with your petty requests to, you know, find out who's doing this. Like, I don't care. If you want to deal with this. I mean, he completely ignores this. it. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, show me your lightsaber. Right after that. You know, he asks him, he, like, ignores it. And he's like, let me see your lightsaber. Now, there's To me, there's sort of a, uh, <clears throat> like, a, a shade there of Attack of the Clones. Right? Where... How's- well, we we see Padme. There's there were attacks on Padme's life, right? Two of them. Mm-hmm. And what was what was Palpatine's thing? Assign protection, keep her safe, and it ended up being Anakin as that protection, right? Right. So right. Anakin knows that he was assigned by by Palpatine to keep Padme safe. Yet here's Anakin himself under attack, and the Emperor's like, don't care. You're gonna get if you do your job properly. You're gonna have enemies, and you're just gonna have to deal with it. So well, he doesn't. He definitely doesn't coddle Vader, you know. And but also the Emperor is always thinking five steps ahead. You know, he he's always gonna have a contingency. You know, he's not letting. Um, he doesn't go easy on Vader at all. You know, he wants Vader to kind of to grow on his own. Um, and if he fails, he fails. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, I think it's got to leave Vader feeling adrift, like. Well, you used to care about assassination attempts on people you, you know, kept in your inner circle. 
I'm in your inner circle and you don't care like one lick about me. Okay, if that if that's the way we're gonna do this, okay. Like, I I feel like that's maybe entering Vader's mindset here. Right. I mean, you also got to think like ultimately we know where this relationship goes, right? Return of the Jedi. So all of this is just kind of like that beat down on Vader, like you said, psychologically, emotionally. So all of this is just great. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. It's just like building blocks to that. Yeah, all stuff that goes in sort of that, the uh, the emotional torture bank that one day Vader's going to cash in, in the, at that moment in, in Jedi. Uh, but we skip o- ahead to this place, the Room of Masks, which is sort of a weird place. And it, it, it's in this place we meet two individuals. It looks to be like two alien-type guys. That's my read on it. But they're talking about the assassination attempts. Like, these are the two people who are behind it all. And they don't know who Vader, Vader is, how he keeps surviving, what his relationship is with the Emperor, what his role is. I feel like we should know or have an idea of who these people are, but I've got no clue. Well, they're, I mean, looking back, I mean, they're definitely human, though. I don't think they're alien. Because if you look, I mean, you get a close-up of their hands. They're definitely human hands. Um, yeah, and there's one five of them, fingers there. It, oh, hmm? oh yeah, five, and then actually one of them is missing two fingers, which I don't know if that's a hint as to who one of them is. Um, it's in the panels where they're going back and forth with um, them talking and then Vader uh, in his like meditative state. Yeah. Um, so he's pointing down with his pointer in middle and he's missing his pinky and his ring finger. That's right. Uh, interesting because they, well, they had mentioned how they left uh, a, a trail. I, they, apparently, they left a really obvious trail of clues as to who they were, and the the you know, air quotes empires too stupid to figure out who they are, which I feel like is a slap in the face to us as well. Like I mm. I I've not picked up at all on any trail of clues. Nope. I mean, we've only been here two issues in this arc so i have no idea <laughs> although yeah. we do get that moment in towards the end you know it, it's that panel within a panel it's while he's meditating and he's envisioning choking um i don't know which officer this is i feel like Was this is just the a... guy from one of the earlier issues that he choked right. in palpatine's office so i'm thinking you know, I mean, it's definitely people. With, honestly, I think it's officers. My theory is that it's officers who are kind of retaliating against this treatment. You know, like if Vader and the Emperor are clearly just like, you know, you piss us off, we'll kill you. You know, um, and I don't think they quite have that reverence yet. Yeah, yeah, because they still don't really know who Vader is, right? There's, there's very few people who know who Darth Vader is. But anyway, I'm, I'm looking at another panel here where clearly that one of that, one of those guys is missing is his two fingers. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with you. I feel like some, some way, somehow that is a clue. So I feel like, right, maybe like if we flip through the earlier 10 issues of this series, maybe we'd see something that would tip us off. Right. Like did Vader chop them off, you know, or, with someone holding, like you know, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, or maybe he always was missing those two fingers, and we'll just we would just see a a two or three fingered uh, guy somewhere. Yeah, but I, I'm glad that we brought we we get plunged back into these meditation sequences. Like I think issue five was the first time we saw Vader doing that, which just right. kind of blew everybody's mind, right? Oh, it's so cool. Have have we um, seen it since? <sighs> I don't think at any point during Jocasta News arc. I don't think so. I think this is our first trip back into uh, Meditation Alley with Vader here, but it's it is so cool, isn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, it's 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 beautiful and it's so um, like it's just to get a look at the inner workings of the Force. Like this is just such a cool representation of it because um, it's you know like like we said, it's not pure dark side. It's not pure light side. It's 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 that conflict uh, of Vader. You know, he's got the the, the butterflies 
around him. He's, you know, he's missing um, where he, like where his limbs are missing. You kind of get that pure whiteness. Um, it's, it's it's so cool. Yeah, it's just visually so striking. But you see him. You can see him having this, this growing moment of clarity. He's, I think he's clearly searching for answers as to what he should do here. Mm-hmm. And then slowly the panel by panel, uh, the image of a, of a choking Imperial officer comes into focus. And I think I'm pretty sure it's a panel from one of the very first issues of this run. And I, I think that's he gets this is where he gets the idea. Right. So earlier in the issue, we saw a list of um, or was it in this issue or the previous issue? I can't remember. But Vader sees asks that bounty hunter family uh, who has access to Palpatine's office. And there's a list of five or six names. Vader now has those names. And he he kind of takes that with info with him. He goes back to Palpatine and says, uh, "We like. I understand that people don't know who I am, and don't respect me. Like they know that I'm strong, but they don't know that I have power. Like we need to go inform these people who I am. So they have like an an assembly, right, of all these Imperial officers, and the Vader, uh, the Emperor, kind of." endorses vader and says this guy here he's me when he says something you you take his orders as if i'm giving them to you and so that's that's you know done that's a done deal everybody's going to hear that but also vader is has sort of saying that he's going to i guess uh put on a little show of power just to, right just to gain some respect and put the fear of god into some of these imperial stooges so he calls on uh, four of the names Four, yeah, it's four of the five names that he saw on that list. And one of the names was Tarkin, but Palpatine specifically said, you can kill the others, leave Tarkin, I need him. Which was pretty cool to see. Right. So those four officers kind of step forward, and then he just randomly chokes out five others. I get, I get the feeling he didn't choke out the five that he called forward. Do you? Um, that, that actually panel, that panel actually kind of confused me a little bit. I was like, wait, who's collapsing? Is it those five? Then no, yeah, it was just kind of five of them in the back. Yeah, I think he, he singled out the others who were, you see the guy in front and he's, he's clearly got the flop sweat now. Mm -hmm. He's really under the gun. They all kind of this nervous look on their face. Then he just chokes out five other people, which I think might be enough (laughs) to tell people like, you know, uh, you're all on notice now. Pay attention to this guy. And then finally, the issue kind of ends in another meditation sequence. Um, I, I feel like you know, at this stage, I don't know how long we are past Revenge of the Sith. In my mind, it's it's a few months, maybe a year. But uh, like he he's continuing to spiral down into this rabbit hole of hate, and he's he's. Maybe now going to start getting some respect, but he you know, to this point he's not respected. That's got him frustrated. He has no answers as to who's trying to kill him. Of course, that's got to be driving him nuts. And I think he's, he feels adrift from Palpatine. Like he's the guy that he viewed as his father. And this guy's just saying, right. "Yeah, I don't really care about you and your assassination attempts. Too bad. Figure it out." And so again, another relationship that he probably feels severed from. And, uh, what I think is, uh, oh, sorry, you can go ahead. Well, uh, I'll, yeah, finally, I'll just say, like, he, he can't trust Palpatine. And then, he, you know, he murdered a bunch of Imperials, and that didn't bring him any solace either. So everything is just sort of this boiling cauldron of, of hate and frustration and death and violence. And so we're, we're really getting into the the Vader of it all. What makes Darth Vader Darth Vader? And it's just everything bad. <laughs> Uh, I mean, what I thought was interesting, um, kind of just going back to Vader and Palpatine's r- uh, relationship there, um, you know, obviously, you know, it would have made sense from the get go to have the Emperor introduce Vader as his right hand man, right? Um, you know, if he's going to put Vader in this position, obviously, you want your subordinates to know who they are. It's interesting that he made Vader feel kind of outcasted by him, ignored, kind of discarded. Um, and, and he made Vader get to the point at which Vader had to 
kind of stand up and ask for the recognition himself and ask for the power. So, I mean, I think, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, right, this is all kind of the emperor's plan, right? He wants Vader to feel this, um, this pain and, um, this kind of silence from, you know, the ones that should be supporting him. Um, building that dependency as well. Right. So I, I think it's kind of, it's, it's really cool to see kind of the emperor as like the puppet master when you really think like just how like masterfully he's, uh, manipulating him. Yep, absolutely. And then, uh, that, that's sort of the end of the issue. And I don't know where it goes from here. I guess Vader's continuing on his quest to find whoever's after him. But I feel like this is the, the one time in this run, like I've, I've enjoyed these two issues, but not to the degree that I've enjoyed the other 10. So right. I, I, I need, I guess, like yeah. I need more on this arc before I can really, Oh, really slobber and drool over this arc. Like I have the previous two arcs. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to definitely see where it goes. Right. Like, are, are we in the lull now or is this kind of just gearing up to something bigger? Yeah. Uh, that is a great question. I don't know where it goes next. And uh, it, there's not really any clues, is there? I don't know. I, I haven't seen a synopsis for issue 13, although I'm going to take a look right now if I can. Yeah, I was actually I was just about to do that. I was going to go into my uh, trusty comic app that I have here. Let's see here. Darth Vader 13. What do we got? As the Empire's grip tightens, the, st the stirrings of rebellion begin in the Moncala system. Order must be maintained, a job which falls to Vader, his Inquisitors, and Wilhoff Tarkin. So it, it sounds almost as if this arc is done. Oh, this could have just been a little... A little two-part segue, right? Like, so far we've gotten yeah. two five-part arcs. And it seems like this one might be a little two-part bridge to the start of this Mon Cala arc, because that continues yep. well into, well, at least into issue 15. Yeah. Did you um actually, so this reminds me, um, did you read the news about this arc and like what they're actually doing with this? I know that they're going underwater on Mon, Mon Cala with a bunch of inquisitors and it looks like it's going to be absolutely insane. Oh yeah. But, but even on a bigger scale, this is actually a tie in to the main series. Um, so this is in the past, and the results of this are going to affect one of the arcs in the main title. An upcoming arc in the main title, or something that's already transpired? Yeah, they're kind of doing, like, it's not as intense as, like, the Vader Down crossover, but um, it's, it's going to affect, like, the next arc, whatever, in Star Wars. Like, they're going to visit Moncala, that's and, super cool. I and love there's when going they to be that. a little tie-in. I love when they do this kind of thing without without yeah. do, like saying, "Oh, this is a you know a straight up crossover series. You need to buy this and then this and then this. And if you miss it, well, you've missed the boat." I just like when they reference each other's work. Yeah, no, it's just like a thematic kind of crossover thing. So that should be. Pr I don't think the Moncala thing started in the main arc yet. I'm not a hundred percent caught up. Um, no, I am only at issue 43, which is the end of the Ashes of Jeddah arc, which we've not even touched right. on in this. No, that was the end of it. So maybe we should do that next time. Yeah, maybe just we can just talk like, about wrap the up the whole uh, Ashes of Jeddah, which, you know, I think in, in one of the solo episodes I've done here, like I kind of was like, eh, like I was hoping for a lot more. Salvador La Roca Uncanny Valley is really off-putting. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, I've kind of made it known that I'm not super enjoying this story just because of, of, you know, again, the uncanny Valley, which is just takes me right out of the book, but we could, but we could take a swing at this maybe next time. Yeah. I mean, I think especially for the arcs that are maybe a little harder to get through, I think it's good for us to maybe just talk about it in one, you know, fell swoop as opposed to stretching it out over multiple <laughs> episodes. Right. Yeah. Let's just, let's just get it out of the way. Maybe. All right, so yeah. let's plan for that. If you, because I was expecting a whole lot of cool stuff out of Ashes of Jeddah, it's not really delivered for me. But maybe once we talk about it uh, next time here, uh, some new info will come to the fore that will 
shine a new light and give me some new appreciation for it. Absolutely. All right, Steve. So I think it's time to close up shop here for another week, another month in the books here at Journals of the Willing. Um, yeah, that's it, man. Thanks for coming by. Well, thanks for having me as always. It's been a pleasure. So where can people find you on the old Twitter machine? On Twitter, I am at JoangoFett. Great. And I am at Tumbling Saber. Uh, come check us out on Facebook, the group, and on Twitter, and on Instagram. Uh, if you want to follow us on any of those three places, uh, we'll definitely be happy to continue the conversation with you there. And if you're listening to this and you enjoyed it, uh, please consider heading over to patreon.com slash tumbling saber and supporting us for just a couple bucks a month. Uh, by doing so, you get the exclusive Sith Disturbers. You get other podcasts just like this one uh, when they drop. And um, you also get access to our contest draws. And so this month, we are actually doing a draw for a Jaina Solo figure. Ooh. So if you're hearing this and it's not yet the end of March... Go on over there to patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and get yourself in the mix. Join our community of awesome Star Wars fans. And, uh, hey, your name could be the one that's drawn. And you get could walk away with a Janus Solo 6-inch Black Series figure. It's super nice. So go do that. And in the meantime, have yourselves an awesome weekend. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll catch you in the next episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. You've been listening to Journals of the Willing from the Tumbling Saber team, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Learn more about the network and its members at StarWarsCommonwealth.com.